And here it comes, direct from the CM Live newsroom, it's Sports Talk with Pet Sports Editor Malachi Barrett and Assistant Sports Editor Dominic Mastrangelo. Ladies and gentlemen, Chippewas and Chippettes, welcome to episode 13, lucky number 13 of the Sports Talk podcast. My name is Malachi Barrett. I'm the sports editor of CM Life. The prodigal son returns. Listen to who's left of me today. And it's Dominic Mastrangelo, your assistant sports editor. How's everyone doing? You know, I'm realizing that 13 is actually an unlucky number. It is. It's like uh, the 12 disciples and then Jesus was 13. You know, Friday the 13th is a bad omen. Is that where that comes from? I think that's what my father used to say. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I don't think that's true. That's probably not. A lot of things that he said weren't true. But nevertheless. (laughs) Jesus. It's true, man. It's dark. Literally. The the 13th is, is looked at, of all units, as being the most unlucky. Well, you can tell because this podcast is already bombing. Thank you for those who are still listening. Today we're going to talk about some spring football. And actually, you know, coming out in Wednesday's edition of CM Life, the print edition, the beautiful uh, tantalizing print edition that you obviously salivate for and strive to pick and hold in your hands every week. Uh, this time we're going to have a little column by Dominic Mastrangelo. Not a little column, I should say, but a column about spring football and why this is such a vital year. So I think the, probably the best way to do this uh, podcast is just kind of work our way one by one through these issues that you're bringing up and... Uh, you know, go ahead. It's a little column by a big um, issue. You know, I thought you were going to say a big man. It, well, it is. Well, it's, it's a big. It's our biggest program here. Uh, football, obviously, is the the program that that we have. If we have any fans here at CMU, uh, we we have football fans. Um, and in, in tomorrow's column, I talk about uh, just sort of the state of the program right now. Um, and with the spring game coming up uh, this Saturday, the day before Easter, um, we still have a lot of questions that are unanswered about this team about some of the players on this team, about some of the people that run this team, and about this department. So um, it really breaks down each one of, uh, of those different factors and talks about it in not a huge amount of detail. So I think that's kind of what we're using this, uh, this medium for, is to be able to maybe go into a little bit more detail about what are those, some of those things are. Um, the first thing that, that I point out in the column that I think might be the most important in all of them is this idea of a leader. And uh, if the Chippewas have a leader uh, right now uh, heading into the spring game, and will they have one? Um, this fall, you know, I say that a lot. I think a lot of people think they they assume that you know your leader is your quarterback out on the gridiron on the football field. Um, but honestly, to me, you know, this was my first year covering CMU football uh, this past fall, and uh, Cooper Rush, although he did get a lot of snaps uh, due to injury and benching of other quarterbacks, yeah. um, never really did feel like a true leader to me. Um, now I understand that he was a freshman. You know, I understand that the system was very different from what he had at Lansing Catholic uh, a couple of years back. But um, I just don't know if he's leadership material now. Now, who knows? He might have a great spring and might you know impress me and everyone else in the room there in the uh, in the press box on on Saturday. But uh, but as of right now, I'm skeptical. Um, he turns the ball over a lot, and that is like the number one rule of playing quarterback. Right. Is, take care of the football, and get people down the field. And CMU had trouble doing that last year. Well, I think this is probably going to be the main story of the uh, you know the first couple of games and maybe even the entire season. I mean, yeah. we were having a bit of a quarterback battle throughout most of last season. And uh, we have quite an array of young men here who are trying to vie for that position. We only have one senior, Cody Cater, but you know we have Ryan Lamb, who we just picked up in the offseason. Yep. Uh, we got good old Cooper Rush. 
Um, it's a rotunda, Oakley, man. Who we picked up as well. You know, I'm, I'm a little, you know, maybe that says something for uh, Enos' confidence in these guys picking up two more quarterbacks who I, I think one of them is a freshman. I think Oakley's a freshman, but yeah, Lamb's one, a sophomore. He's a transfer student from California. Right. So I think that, yeah, that, that, that does speak volumes to Enos' uh, confidence in that of uh, offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, Morris Watts, um, who steps, who was formerly quarterback's coach and now steps into the offensive coordinator role. Um, what's interesting about that is that, you know, it leaves this quarterback spot as the focal point. Um, but I think there is a lot to be said for the rest of the backfield. Um, the second thing my column touches on is our running back situation, which yeah. now with Zerline Tipton, you know, completely gone, not just injured, but completely gone um, to graduation. Now we've got a couple of different folks who could potentially do some stuff for us back there. Obviously, again, Sailor LaValle got the majority of the carries last time. Um, well, I mean, here's the deal. When you lose Tipton, you lose arguably one of the best rushing running backs we've seen in the last, you know, I, I would say a good number of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had one of the best rushing seasons in, in CMU history. Easily. Even, you know, with uh, grappling with a bit of an injury. Uh, and, yeah, Lavalli, you know, he had the most carries after uh, Tipton, and he, he was able to step up a little bit. Um, but after Tipton showed up again, he, he kind of pushed him on the back burner. And, you know, we have four more veterans in running back position. Everybody's going to get a lot of snaps in the spring game. Um, you know, everybody's going to get a good look. But, I mean, again, you got a bit of a question there on offense from your two main positions. You got your quarterbacks, who's a little bit up in the air right now, and then your running backs as well. Um, you know, what kind of confidence do you think you have for the offense right now? I mean, it's obviously still early. We can, we can be skeptical all day and, and, you know, speculate on things like this, but – if I if I had to guess at this point, I would say Lavelle is probably going to get the majority of the snaps um, so far uh, in the spring game and probably to, you know to start the season. I mean that that's who I think the starter should be at this point. However, transfer student Thomas Rawls, the University of Michigan uh, product and uh, and the guy who's got one year of eligibility left um, is a big guy, and you know Enos really sometimes likes that pound you know that what do they call it the, the, the pounding out that I formation right yeah. Um, so, and, and look, Rawls was open in the media uh, saying that he felt slighted about his playing time um, at U of M. So, I, as I said in the column, you know, I just think a guy that's got that much experience playing that kind of big-time college football, um, and then now you, t- you take that same guy and you give him an opportunity to do the thing that he's been dying to do, that, that could potentially be dangerous. Now, is he going to play running back? Who knows? I see him as more of a fullback because, you know, CMU is kind of lacking in that category this spring. Um, but look, I'm not coaching the football day, football team, so we, we we don't really we we really don't know what that backfield is going to look like at all uh, heading into the spring game. So that's why I think we should really tune in uh, on Saturday and see what would Enos and the rest of the squad. How weird for him, right? Coming from the big house to Kelly Shorts. Well, you know what's funny? His last touchdown was scored against CMU last year in the opener. Um, it's 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 an interesting situation uh, in, in the Chippewa backfield uh, this spring. Um, but there are more concerns than just the team on the field. Um, probably the biggest storyline surrounding uh, the program you would know probably the most about Malachi mm-hmm. with your uh, in-depth look you took it you look you took into all of this earlier in the semester, and that said our home football attendance numbers. Now it sounds like athletics is doing a couple of things to try to counteract some of that, and we've talked we've discussed that in previous podcasts. Um, one thing, for example, is moving the student section, you know, back to the east side. Yeah, which I think will be great. Yeah, no, I think I mean, it's an, a great idea too. Um, is it going to you know bring thousands of people? 
Probably not. Yeah. People will come. I think it'll. Be but I'll tell you what probably is going to bring thousands of people, or at least the fifteen thousand that's required, um, is these home games against Syracuse and then yes. Western Michigan. Thank God end. for a better schedule this season. Yeah, I think it's the thing that'll probably end up saving uh, CMU. <clears throat> now, do I think they would have had a problem without some of those games? Maybe it would have been close, but I think especially playing Syracuse at home and definitely Western and what could potentially be a pretty important game at the end of the year. I mean, that there's almost no question that we're going to have no problems uh, meeting our attendance requirements this year. But I still think it will be interesting to uh, to see how much free pizza and kiss cam uh, <laughs> you know cameos that they that the, the athletic department uses to bribe uh, some of these students into showing up to these games. Because after they scaled back the tailgating policies, I mean. I don't know, man. The incentive just isn't there right now. Yeah. Well, you know, for any interested, Dominic and I will be at football games. So if there's a kiss can opportunity. Oh, yeah. You'll see the two of us. <laughs> yeah, look out. Um, you know, okay. Are they in danger of losing their D1 status? People arguably, I mean, we're close to the edge. I don't think it's probably going to happen probably in the next not. couple of years, yeah. especially with a good schedule that we have. A lot of our problems last year came from the fact that, you know, that Thanksgiving game and blah, blah, blah. You know, we've talked about this before. Um, but, you know, again, the main thing is students and are are you guys going to come out to games? Are we going to come out to games? You know, uh, that's something that remains to be seen. Right. And, you know, if you want to make a good start, come out to the spring game on uh, Saturday the 19th. It's at 1 o'clock, yep. I believe. Yep, 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 1 o'clock. Admission's free. Yep. I believe there is talk of some kind of tailgating going on, oh, so that yeah. would be interesting. There'll be, there'll be something going on. I mean, it's 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 the atmosphere. You know what I mean? College football is, is one of the more magical things about, about life right now for a college student. Um, just ask somebody who goes to Michigan State or U of M. They, they understand it, and... And I think that that culture is not lost on the students here at CMU, but I think that it's a harder sell when you start the season one and four like they did last year. So again, that's kind of the whole point of the column tomorrow that's running in tomorrow's paper is, you know, this weekend, this spring game this weekend signifies the beginning of a very crucial season in terms of attendance, in terms of fielding a competitive team, and, um, and everything else surrounding this program. Probably the biggest storyline heading into this oh. season in any CMU football season over the past three or four years is the um, the job status. Or the, well, can we let's oh, let's hold off on this one. A little. He, he's going to stop me right here. Well, of course. no, we'll we'll talk about this later. I, I, let's let's focus a little bit on the team still, and then we can come back on that and cap it off. On that thing that, then, that I know you guys are all probably aware of exactly what we're talking. At, at about. At least let's but. get through some some of the meters before we get fired. And yeah. Um. Okay, so let's let's stay on offense here. One of the main, I think one of the best parts about the season, and that's probably a poor way to phrase it, I guess. But anyway, you know, their line is pretty strong again coming oh, yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, we're returning the entire starting line on offense, uh, including our senior guard, All-Mac, uh, second team last season, 30 consecutive starts. Uh, you know, that's Andy Phillips. He's got Connor Collins, uh, Nick Beamish, the center. Um you know, it's a strong line for arguably. I think our running back core is gonna be pretty good again this season, yep. especially if we have Rawls in there uh, leading the charge, right. and uh, you know we have a strong running back back there. I think most good football minds and good offensive football minds will tell you that the play begins and ends with with the line of scrimmage, oh, with yeah, the that's offensive key. line. And we saw last year what Northern Illinois was able to do with that speedy and athletic offensive line. You know, in front of Jordan Lynch, who went on to do, I mean, be a Heisman finalist. And, and we also saw a superior uh, U of M team just eat our guys alive right. out there, and you know, weren't able to move the ball. So again, this line of scrimmage, you know, just it sounds very cliche, and it sounds like you know this drone of football jargon but it is all about the line of scrimmage and I think uh, the CMU coaching staff has been really smart to focus on that uh, with the recruiting and uh, and with their coaching efforts because I think 
the if CMU is going to find any success offensively, the turnovers are things they can fix. You know, the plugging in, in and out running backs are something that will probably end up happening on multiple occasions this fall. But the offensive line has to be consistent. They have to be healthy and they have to be consistent. And those are both that, that, that those were struggles for CMU last year. So mm-hmm. that's I think one of the top priorities uh, heading into the spring game. Uh, bounce it off running game. Let's talk passing. And, you know, we've already touched on quarterbacks a little bit. But receiver-wise, Titus Davis is coming back. That's going to be huge for us. Right. Uh, he had 24 receiving touchdowns, second in CMU history last season. Yep. I mean, when you get a, a guy returning like that, what a weapon to be able to use. Yep. He's probably, you know, and there are some people who might argue with this, but I, I would say he's definitely our most gifted, athletic, athletically gifted person on the team. I mean, he he's got – Big play speed. He's got great hands. I mean, we can say, I, I almost feel like it's not worth it to explain to you how great Titus Davis is because you said it, right? I mean, second yeah. in history. Um, the guy just gets open. He's got the highest yard per catch average, I think. In, so, I mean, he just the Mac. He catches the deep ball. He can run after he catches the short route. I mean, Titus Davis can really kind of do it all um, and has a potential future in the NFL um, if he has the same type of season this year as he had last year. Um, he's also a fantastic leader um, for an otherwise pretty inexperienced receiving core. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the depth there. It seems yeah. like he's getting the majority of the catches there. and Right. Uh, you know, I, I can't really think of a, a second standout no. receiver. And so I think that might lead to a lot of double teams, um, which is going to pose a new challenge for Titus and a new pose for Cooper Rush or whoever's tossing it to him. Too. Yeah. So, um, you know, Titus Davis is a player to watch for other teams and for Chippewa fans in the fall. Uh, what about defense? We lost Shamari Benton. We lost Avery Cunningham. Those were two. Uh, Mark Cabot, one of our beat reporters, yeah. wrote, wrote a story about uh, you know those filling those holes up on defense. Um, I you know I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, coach Coach Danino has never uh, never really quite con- or I should say struck me as someone who I would call defensively minded. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that the defense you know isn't a priority. Um, but it just some at this point, I feel like the majority of the building, the majority of the mastermind work is going on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but the Chippewas have a lot of weapons on defense. You know, Kayvon Frazier is a great player, um, and, and they just they have a lot of, of a lot of strength, especially on that D line. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much is left, uh, you know, in the hands of, of the defense this year, you know, is, is the offense able to get down the field in, in score? Because obviously last, last year they weren't. So I put a lot of pressure on that defense. That was probably the better of the two units. The defense was yeah. last year, you know, they got off the field on third down uh, pr- pr- pretty consistently. Um, so now that the defense has lost some people and the offense, re- you know, retains Titus Davis and Cooper rush. And now they've got a couple more experienced stuff. Plus they gain a Thomas Rawls. I think the offense has a chance to maybe be our premier unit. Well, I mean, and we didn't just lose anybody. I mean, Cunningham was our leading tackler. Yeah, Avery Cunningham was the man. You know. So. Okay, well, let's uh, let's take a look at who we got for opponents right now. I've got this handy-dandy schedule right up here in front of me with my iMac Air. Everyone go buy an iMac Air. Yeah, please do that. They're that's not our sponsors, great. but they're great anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so first got Chattanooga. That's our first home game after the spring game. It's a game. Thursday night. Yep, that is a... August 28th here in Mount Pleasant, uh, Chattanooga. What do we know about Chattanooga? Absolutely, honestly, absolutely nothing, which tells you that that's a W right there. Um, I mean, honestly, that well, that's our only right. That's our only non-Saturday game this year. And yep. So I think it has the potential to have a pretty cool atmosphere in Mount Pleasant that night and potentially start the season one zero. 
After that, it looks like we head to Lafayette, West Lafayette, for a matchup with Purdue, who, as many of you know, I mean, NIU beat them last year. So Purdue, yeah. obviously, has, has been down. And then a big game on Saturday, September 13th, when Syracuse comes to town. That'll be interesting. Uh, Syracuse is always a tough team to beat. I'm not really sure how we match up against. You know, it's it's tough for me right now at this early part of the season. We don't really know what weapons we're working with. We don't know what they're working with either. Right. Um, you know, honestly, I, I can't really speak too much to Syracuse. Uh, after that, we have Kansas on September 20th. We're going down to Kansas, down to Lawrence, Kansas, to play them uh, in their home stadium. And then Toledo. Uh, we, first Mac game. Yeah, turn around and do a real quick first Mac game uh, with Toledo, who runs that spread offense. So that'll be interesting. Our homecoming is Saturday, October 4th, against Ohio. And the Bobcats, man, they're, they're always one of those teams in the MAC that just every once in a while they, they, they shock people. You don't know, they, you don't think they're going to be very good, but then, you know, there they are, uh, you know, with, with, with a pretty decent record. Um, we have Northern Illinois on the road into Cobb, which is deceiving. That looks a lot scarier than it is. They lost a lot of people in NIU, not just Jordan Lynch, but a lot of those offensive linemen graduated. So NIU will be down. Um, Buffalo and then Eastern Michigan, home against Miami, and then finally the uh, November 22nd clash against Western Michigan at home, which could be at that point for all the marbles. So, look, honestly, an overall favorable schedule for the Chippewas this year, I think. I think so. And, you know, I think we're going to beat the Broncos too. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got all our podcast people just all fired up now. Oh, how what a wonderful pun that was. Yeah, well, it helps that they had such a terrible season last year. You know? Yeah, I know. What, did they win like two games? Something but like that. We're, hey, we're not ones to it? talk. Ride yeah. the boat, row the boat. Yeah, row the boat. P.J. Fleck, right? They're rowing the boat straight off a waterfall, I they, think. Dude, they had one oar in the water for a while, and they just sort of – Went around in a circle, and then they lost to UMass. Oh, no, they beat UMass just barely. So. You know, I think Broncos lack the uh, shoulder ability to even row boats. A certain amount of this program is going to be us insulting Western Michigan University, for those of you that haven't caught on to that yet. Yeah. Jerks. But, you know, as we sit here and poke holes at our opponents all we want, we've got one more uh, maybe grievance to to air. And, uh, that ah, is, yes. Now we're bringing it back. Well, we have to at this point because I think that no no CMU football discussion is complete without touching on this at That's least briefly. kind of sad, isn't it? Well, look, there have been a lot of people out there um, that have called the, the ability and the, the talent of, uh, of our head football coach, Danny Nos, um, into question. Now look, I, Dominic Mastrangelo, have only covered Coach Enos one season. And a season where very early in the year, as in the first game, he watched his team get dismantled in front of him. And the season kind of never recovered from, from that point. Um, so I'm probably going to be one of the first people to say, all right, relax. You know, you can have a bad season. I understand that this isn't the you know pro football and this is Central Michigan with a rough schedule last year mm-hmm. and not a whole lot of support for a team you know four or five games in, um, but as a lot of faculty and alumni have pointed out to me all last fall and just as I prepare to, to cover the spring game, you know even CMU has you know rock bottom even even this program can only take so much and. We really haven't had one of those seasons since Coach has gotten here where it's been like, wow, that was a great year overall. You know, Tipton had a couple of really good years. You know, there were moments of greatness recently, but but there's never been that overwhelming feel from what I've heard. I've only been here for a year um, where it's like, 
this team is worth showing up to watch. I think it's a question of what do you expect out of your Central Michigan program? That's, I think, a question that not only, you know, student fans need to ask themselves, but alumni and, you know, people making decisions. Are we a team that is trying to be in those championship bowl games? Are we trying to be at the top of our conference or are we just trying to kind of be good, not mediocre? Yeah, I don't want to say mediocre, you know, but average, I guess, would be the right. You know, are we content with where we are? Do we think that, you know, this is a person who can get us to that next level? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to have some doubts as well. I, I would like to give Enos the benefit of the doubt. I'd like to... Right, he's the ball coach. You know what I'm saying? He's the guy who's the face of the most um, popular program here. So, you know, just based on that alone, you have to support him uh, to a certain extent. And how? what is this... Uh, what number season is this? This is, this is going to be his fourth. His fourth. I mean, fall. that's... I'm, I'm not the kind of person who likes to advocate tossing people very quickly. Yep. You know, it takes a while to build a program, and I think we're taking a step in the right direction this season. You know, we're last season was tough for us. You know, that first game against U of M, man, that was grisly. That yeah. was uh, <clears throat> that was the Ann Arbor massacre. We immediately lost some key players. You know, it's hard to bounce back from that. Am I going to blame the whole season on that one game? No, no, you can't really do that. I mean, come on. But I think this year, if they finish under 500, that's that's where you got to start asking some tough questions. And look, you and, you and I can sit here, and people can take to the message boards and social media all they want to talk about, you know, Coach Enos and his job. But at the end of the day, there's one person that, that makes that decision. That's our athletic director, Dave Hickey, who apparently really likes Coach Enos. And I listen. If the guy who is controlling the money, controlling the recruiting, controlling everything about this department has faith in Coach Enos, then I guess we should too. Um, but Looking at this schedule coming up, the, coming up this year, looking at some of the, re- the turning, returning talent that he has and looking at the rest of this conference, he can do a lot better than just 500, in my opinion, coming up in the fall. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of time to deal with some of these tougher conference opponents later on in the right. season. And uh, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, if, if this year goes poorly or, you know, below 500 or whatever kind of, whatever kind of bar you want to set for it, uh, I think it's time to kind of start reevaluating and, and trying to make that it remains to be seen. That will kick off this weekend with the spring football game, our, our biggest and grandest sport here at CMU. Um, gets underway uh, this weekend. Uh, for coverage of the spring game, you can check out next Monday's edition of CM Life. You can follow our beat reporters or our CM Life Sports Twitter account at CM Life Sports. You can contact us directly by emailing us at sports at cmlife.com. And be sure to now subscribe to us on iTunes. CM Life now has a channel. Go ahead and check us out. You can see all the stuff that we've worked on hard for you guys. We appreciate you guys listening, and we want you to tune in next time. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you again.